Welcome to PestPod, our fifth episode. My name's David Poise, I'm a journalist, and today we're going to have a fun short chat about a PES that's made massive steps in digitalization. I'm very lucky to be with Dr. Spiros Protopsaltis. After Spiros left his native Greece, he was 24 years in the US as an academic, a professor, and even an advisor to a senator working with the Obama administration. And then he came back to serve his home country. If you hear any phones beeping, it's just the London Athens International podcast. Don't worry, it's not your phone. So Spiros, come on, before we talk about the Greek pairs, tell us about the White House. Hi, David. Thanks for the invitation, first of all. I'll tell you about the White House. The first time you set foot in the White House, you're at all. You basically are like, really? I'm here? What am I doing here? I had some meetings in the Roosevelt Room and some other important places, and I was thinking to myself, wow, you know, I never thought that I would be here. The little boy from Greece, he's made it. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Like, I, I would have never thought when I was growing up that I would end up going to meetings at the White House almost on a daily basis. Well, but uh, that's how things played out, and life is life, and that's where it took me. And so at the beginning, you know, it's like a magical sense because you're at smack at the center of power. But as time passes by and you go to more and more meetings, it actually loses its magic. You start to get used to it. It's more of a hassle to go through all the security and all the steps to be there. <laughs> And so towards the end of the Obama administration, I, I was like, another meeting? I'd rather skip this and I would send people from my team instead of going myself. In other words, you know, it's like everything else. At the beginning, it has this magic about it and the special aura about it. And then as you have more and more experience, you know, with a particular, uh, you know, setting, you kind of, okay, so what's new? You know, it's not a big deal anymore. But, you know, all kidding aside... I was just one of the very fortunate people to have an opportunity to work in the Obama administration during a very difficult and challenging period for the United States and for the whole world. You know, I got to D.C. right after the financial crisis with the election of Obama in 2009, worked in Congress, worked in the Senate, and then moved to the Department of Education where I served as deputy assistant for assistant secretary for higher education. It was a great experience and I would, you know, never change it for anything. You bring difficult times with you, Spiros. <laughs> then yeah, you come yeah. to Greece and you start a program on digitalization and the next thing we know, COVID. Tell me about yeah. digitalization in the Greek PES. Yeah, I mean, I'll tell you, we, we accomplished in one year uh, more than we had accomplished in like six or seven years in terms of digitalization, exactly because of the, you know, extraordinary times that we were in and all the pressures to suddenly from one day to the next shut our, you know, shut our offices and, you know, stop seeing people and having to move everything online. And we moved quickly. We moved with a plan within just a few weeks after the beginning of the pandemic, our two most important services, which is registration, uh, as an, being registered as an employed and applying for unemployment benefits had gone 100% online. And so that took care of about two thirds of our visits, of the visits of uh, 
uh, our citizens to the local centers, the unemployment centers. And then we just kept on pushing forward and pushing forward and adding new services. And just today, I'm happy to say we're about 95% online. There's almost nothing that you can't do online. And it was a huge accomplishment looking back. But I wonder if it wasn't for the pandemic, we probably would not have done so much, so quickly and so well. Um, it was it was just extraordinary what we accomplished. And so we're building on that. We're expanding on that. We're providing new services such as digital appointments where people can, through a platform, book a digital appointment with a counselor. We launched a new application recently. We're one of the very few public services that I know of that have a mobile application for cell phones and tablets. And we established a big round of partnerships with some pretty, you know, giants of technology such as Amazon and Google and Coursera to provide digital skills training to thousands of people at a time where there was no in-person training available in Greece because of the lockdown. And so I would say that we accomplished a lot. I'm very proud of it. And I really believe that we turned the crisis into an opportunity when it comes to the digitalization of the organization and the higher quality and faster service delivery uh, through our platforms. So do you think you've made the organization more resilient then? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, first of all, you're freeing up a lot of human resources because now people don't have to visit our local centers for every little thing that they need. They take care of business online. They do everything that they need to do online. That frees up a lot of human resources. It also speeds up things because instead of paperwork and waiting in lines and, you know, having all sorts of coordination issues, you basically have everything available for tracking and monitoring electronically. So you know the progress of each application, you know the progress of each payment, you know exactly where something has stalled. And so it's much easier from a management perspective to keep track of everything that's happening in the organization and to make sure that you're intervening and taking action when there are bottlenecks or there are any sort of issues that has that have um, that have arisen. So overall, I would say it's a huge advantage that we're coming out of the pandemic with a new digital tool set, with new digital abilities and capabilities and a new mindset, a new digital mindset, both for the employees of the public employment service that I'm heading, as well as for the citizens who are now getting used to and utilizing the new way of doing business with OIV. So do you think you're helping social cohesion for Greek society in any way? Oh, absolutely. I mean, if there wasn't a public employment service, we wouldn't have been able to to provide the safety net that was needed desperately when the pandemic broke. I mean, suddenly you have people who are not only looking for work, but who know they can't find any work because nothing is moving in the economy. The labor market is frozen. And so we implemented very quickly a variety 
of important measures that the government took to support the labor force, including extra payments, special programs, uh, extension of unemployment benefits, um, special one-time payments for people who were falling outside of the safety net, new active labor market programs that you know we put in place in the summer and have done phenomenally. We've seen the record number of people being hired through active labor market programs during the past year than we've ever seen in the past. I mean, think about it. We had more success with our active labor market programs during the pandemic than previously. And that says a lot. It says that we moved quickly, forcefully, and successfully. And I would have to say that Greece has to, you know, has to be very proud about the fact that we're one of only two countries in Europe that did not experience an increase in its unemployment rate during the pandemic. I mean, granted, we already had a relatively high unemployment rate at around 16%, but the fact that that did not increase during the pandemic is a pretty big achievement. And so, amazing. yeah, I mean, I think it speaks for itself. Uh, we, we, we did a lot in a very short period of time, and the data uh, proves that we probably were successful in what we did. And who were the um, active labor market policies ALMPs uh, aimed at? So we had a number of employment subsidy programs targeted at a variety of groups um, with a special emphasis on the long-term unemployed. Um, But here's what we did. First of all, recognizing that during the pandemic, you need to give stronger incentives to employers to hire the unemployed, we increased the level of the subsidy rates. Second, we simplified the programs to make participation in hiring uh, much easier and much faster. And thirdly, we removed disincentives that were in place, such as requirements post-program for job maintenance, because we recognize that during the pandemic, it's very, very difficult for a business, not knowing what's going to happen the next day, to commit to a period of employment post-subsidy period. So the combination of simplified, more focused programs, higher incentives, and removal of disincentives together led to record numbers of hirings, as I mentioned. The second component, of of course, was the training that I mentioned briefly. I mean, we launched these big digital skills programs that were all online, mainly focused on the younger unemployed under the ages of uh, under the age of 30 but not exclusively and the participation was great the completion rate was great and when they we evaluated the programs and did surveys people loved them i mean the program with google 96% of the participants said that this was one of the best experiences they've ever had and would highly recommend the program to their friends and colleagues And so overall, I think the combination of employment subsidy programs, training programs, and online counseling altogether uh, proved to be the right move for us. Obviously, every country is different and you understand the Americans because of your 24 years in the US. But do you think 
other places around Europe could approach Google, Amazon, Cisco, Microsoft? I know these are the companies you've worked with. Do you think they might have similar success? Sure. I mean, I think that, uh, you know, we live in a globalized world, and that's a good thing. And I think that, uh, you know, opportunities such as, I mean, you know, I'll give you an example. I got an email from somebody who found me on LinkedIn, LinkedIn, telling me about this program that his company has, and we connected, and you know we're going to move forward with it. It's like, it's not like the old days where you got to write an official letter on an official letterhead and have an in-person meeting after one month and arrange things. Everything now happens, you know, instantaneously between social media and the internet, and you know, teleconferencing, etc. You can reach out to people if you're interested, and you can explore partnerships and opportunities. And actually, two of the initiatives that we moved forward with, with Coursera and with Google, it's happening in other countries as well. So could you just say what Coursera does? It's less of a well-known brand name. Oh, sure, sure. No, no, Coursera is an online platform. I think it's based out of California, but basically what it does is it offers courses by the leading universities in the world where anybody can go on, sign up, and complete courses from, uh, from the leading universities of the world and get a certificate of completion. So you reckon other places throughout Europe could probably approach these companies? Oh, of course. Of course, and vice versa. And already through the past network, when I presented some of our partnerships to my colleagues from around the world, and I basically had a lot of interest from others asking me, you know, how did we do this and how did it go? And, you know, I think a lot of them are already interested in making and are engaging in conversations to see how they can do either similar things or things that fit their needs better. And, you know, conversations are happening. So that's how things are. I mean, we learn from each other. That's a huge part of the PEST network sharing experiences, sharing best practices, and learning from each other, seeing how things that work somewhere else might be adapted to, to address your unique needs within your national context, and so on and so forth. So you've been vice president of the PES Network, haven't you? Yes, I had, you know, I had the honor of becoming first vice chair last spring, and it's the first time that somebody from the Greek PES has held an official role in the network. And one of the reasons why I wanted that role was because I want Greece to come closer to its European peers. I want, I want our PASS to learn more from others and to share its lessons with others. And I do believe really in the value add of cooperation, of shared knowledge, of knowledge transfer, and all of these things. And in the context of the PEST network, we are now, just today and tomorrow, we're wrapping up a significant um, mutual learning activity, uh, a mutual assistance project with our Estonian partner, uh, which we established through the PEST network and which is going really well, and that we're learning a lot, a lot from each other. And, you know, there's just, you know, the European community is, is something that Greece needs to, I think, become even more engaged in and take a leading role. I mean, we are the country with one of the highest unemployment rates. We have so much to learn from others. And my part of the reason why I wanted to get more involved was exactly that, to see how 
our past can benefit from others' experiences and how we can share uh, our knowledge with others. So it's 16% unemployment. Um, are right you hoping now, to get it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The peak was 27. The peak was 27% back in 2013. So we're, yeah, we're down from the, the you know, the, the, I mean, we're down significantly from the peak of the crisis um, that Greece went through about uh, eight, nine years ago. Um, and so this government has really invested heavily in, um, in uh, job growth and uh, economic growth and policies that encourage hiring and encourage training. And it has put a lot of emphasis on active labor market policies. But now the big, big opportunity for us is the European Recovery and Resilience Facility, which is going to provide, if, if all goes well, significant funding for us to invest even more so in the reform and expansion of our active labor market policies, as well as in a massive skilling, reskilling and upskilling program that we've proposed. But it works two ways, doesn't it? Um, the PES networks helped everybody throughout Europe. Has that been your experience? Yes, yes. I mean, the conferences and the conversations I've been having with colleagues, it's extraordinary how quickly the European PES responded to the challenges of the pandemic and what a significant role they played in supporting not only the labor force, but society as a whole. I mean, you know, the center of everybody's life is, to a large extent, economic security, job security. And so when you suddenly have the, the anxiety rise at such a high level, uh, people really not knowing what to expect the next day, having sort of uh, all these bleak, bleak projections about the immediate future, the PES serves as an invaluable uh, tool for, uh, for supporting um, economic stability and in the next day, economic recovery. So with a focus on digital skills, with a focus on Greek, green skills, with, with a focus on short-term flexible and nimble training programs, uh, I think that the public employment services are going to be key to Europe's recovery. Thanks very much. I think that's really wonderful, Spiros. Thank you so much, David, for the invitation, for the conversation, and for putting a spotlight on, on everything that the past do. I really enjoyed sharing my experience, and for all of those who are listening to us, I, I wish them um, truly health and uh, to be strong as we face a few more months trying to come out of this uh, pandemic that has really affected all of us so deeply. Thanks very much, Spiros. And we hope you can join us for the next podcast. I'm going to be with Caroline Mansell from the Brussels PES. She will be talking about participative management leadership styles. PESPOD is produced for the PES Network by the European Commission, which we just heard praised by Spiros, and it's got technical support from Econ Institute. The technical producer is Mark Berta, and we hope you'll join us next time.